what a freaking ending to the Royal Rumble. Wow. What's up, everybody? Fred Ricciani, TSC News. A very insanely late Saturday, early Sunday morning recap of the Royal Rumble. I didn't even expect to go live right now on YouTube, but I had to just hop on for a few minutes and talk about the ending that we just witnessed because it was incredible. Now, we'll get to some of the other matches, of course, the Royal Rumble winners. Let's just real quick go through it. Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. Thank God Bianca Belair retained her Raw Women's Championship. Roman Reigns retained the WWE Universal Unified Undisputed Whatever Championship. But he had some help. So here's the deal. We had a very long show. Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens didn't get to the ring until like around 1130, a little bit afterwards. Ramp was long as hell. And first half of the match, I mean, the whole match was, was awesome. But the first half was just kind of a lull because it's freaking late. So it kept going and going. And finally, and, and by the way, Kevin Owens hit like everything. Swanton bombs, moonsaults. I think he botched the moonsault and then did it again. I mean, just a, a true pro. And there were so many near falls where Roman Reigns kicked out at like 2.9. It was great. So then, then we, we get to the part where there was a ref bump. And Kevin Owens, I think, hit the pop-up powerbomb, got like a 10 count, got the visual pinfall on Roman, and, well, nothing happened, right? So then Roman low blows Kevin Owens. He asks Sami Zayn for a chair. Sami reluctantly gives him a chair. He uses it on Owens. And then he proceeds for the second half of the match, or the last half of the match, or part of the match, to brutalize this guy, spear him through the barricade, slammed him on the steps, and... Look, I know I know wrestlers know how to bump, but it really looked like Kevin Owens hit the back of his head a couple of times. And this is pretty significant because after the match, we got some one of the worst beatdowns, or maybe best, depending on who you ask, beatdowns I've ever seen in wrestling, at least in this modern, you know, PG-ish era, right? Where you don't really use blood, at least not in WWE. So finish came when Roman hit the spear. One, two, three. Very decisive finish. And I'm thinking, okay, like, this is the last match. Why is this the last match and not the Rumble? And before I was kind of heated because I'm a, I'm a, Rumble's my favorite pay-per-view. So I'm like, why don't you end with the Rumble? Especially because the men's Rumble is great. But then Kevin Owens and the Bloodline, well, the Bloodline attacked Kevin Owens before uh, Roman had entered the ring with just Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman. Then after a match, Solo Sokoa, the Usos come out. They all beat down Owens. They eventually handcuff him and they super kick this guy like crazy i mean just and, and look it was a great angle but there was a part of me that was like where's adam pierce we see adam pierce everywhere but we didn't see him here he at least they could have adam pierce come out and get super kicked or simone spiked or something that, that very incredibly minor complaint that's it anyway they're beating the hell out of kevin owens this goes on forever and this guy is taking some punishment and i know yes they're selling and guys can pull back their kicks and this is pro wrestling but, I mean, he was really eating some shots here. It was brutal. And, and and Roman was just beating his ass. They were all beating his ass. And then finally, Roman Reigns takes the steel chair. And he's about to hit... Ke I don't, actually, I should mention too, Solo Sokoa also did the hip check in the corner. You know, the old Umaga spot, or now known as the Tony Storm spot. When Kevin Owens, with Kevin Owens in the corner... With the chair around his neck. 
So this dude took a serious beating here. And then got handcuffed and took another serious beating. Serious beating. A series of beatings, I should say. A series of serious beatings. I should say that ten times. So then, we get to the moment where uh, we've all been waiting for, right? Is The Rock going to come out? Is Stone Cold going to come out? That was my biggest fear, I guess. I mean, yeah, it would have been cool if The Rock came out. But, I mean, let's keep it real here. For all the turmoil and disgust that I have with WWE as a company, as far as how it's run corporately and everything else, it has been such a pleasant surprise creatively to see that the guys that are actually in the company almost day in and day out are the ones who are the centerpieces of this year's WrestleMania season. Because, like, I'm fine. Listen, I would have been fine with Rock and Roman. But, I mean, Sami Zayn, you know, Cody Rhodes before he got hurt, the whole bloodline, I mean, they've gotten over. They've really connected with this crowd. Bianca Belair, same thing. Anyway, so Roman has the chair. He's going to hit Kevin Owens. And Sami Zayn gets in front of him and says, Hey, 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 let's, 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 let's chill here. Let's, let's chill the hell out. All right. Let's, 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 let's chill the hell out. All right. So Roman says, you know, what, what are you going to do, man? You're going to do some jackass stuff. You know, or he said the S word, you know, jackass shit, you know, just going off on Sami Zayn saying like, Hey, you could be wrestling in matches with, with, with jackass guys, or you could stay with the bloodline. I'm your family. I've done everything for you. I just got to say, man, like, Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn deserve Emmys, and that's no exaggeration. Like, WWE tried to get nominated for Emmys years ago, and I laughed in their face because it's like, what the hell? The creative sucks. But, I mean, but as far as, like, these guys, amazing. And, and, and let's keep it real. I wouldn't be surprised if the reason this is so good is because of the involvement of all these guys and Paul Heyman. Okay? I think Triple H is letting them do their thing. But let's not give Triple H too much credit because he's, he's booked the women's division horrifically and he should be ashamed of himself. Anyway, so Sammy's begging. He's pleading. And then finally Roman says, you know what? You do it. And he gives him the steel chair. And Sammy's like, no, I, I, come on, man. We don't need to do this. He's already beaten down. Very logical, even from a heel perspective. Like we already assaulted this man multiple times over. And Roman's just pie facing him saying come on do it and sammy's lifting up the chair lifting up the chair and you think he's gonna hit kevin owens and then sammy Zayn takes that chair and hits roman reigns in the damn back and roman collapses like a pile of bricks and jimmy uso's like what the? and solo sakos like what the and Jay Uso's like, oh my god, what? And they beat the living hell out of Sami Zayn. I mean, this guy took a beating. I mean, oh my goodness gracious. Jimmy, I think, I think we have super kicked him and just beat him down. Solo Sokoa hit him with the Samoan spot. Solo Sokoa, my god, this guy's got a future as like an action movie villain. He's got like the greatest mean mug I've ever seen in my life. I wouldn't. Like, 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 if I had a gun and Solo Sokoa, like, cornered me, like, I would use that gun on me. Like, seriously, the guy's so scary. So, that's a compliment, by the way. So, anyway, just beating this guy down, beating this guy down, beating this guy down. And then they're like, Jay, get over here. And, and Roman takes the steel chair and gives Sami Zayn a brutal beating. And honestly, this was, like, equivalent, I'd say, for any older fans 
If you ever seen the match with Austin and Rock, the the second one at WrestleMania 17 where Austin turned heel and he just beat the crap out of the Rock with that steel chair before pinning him to win the WWF title, that was like the equivalent. It was brutal. Just brutal. Minus, of course, the chair shots to the head, which, you know, we don't do anymore or shouldn't do anymore. So then they turn to Jay and they're like, Jay, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Jay turns his back on the bloodline, rolls out of the ring, and starts breaking down and just like holding his face. Like he's going to cry. Amazing. Like, Chef's Kiss was amazing. This was, I mean, this was incredible. As, as okay. On a personal note, as somebody who has covered a lot of film and TV in the last two years, in my, on my other channel, youtube.com slash TSC Gaming, cheap plug, as somebody who's also studied and been acting for a year under some really good acting coaches and doing a lot of drama lately, like, Jay, Ro- I mean, all the guys involved, but especially Jay, Roman, Sammy, of course, Heyman, unfreaking believable so after Jay leaves, they further beat Sammy down. And then Jimmy gives KO a super kick again, just for good measure. This was incredible. That was brutal. I really hope that Sammy and especially KO are okay. Like, good good lord. Oh my goodness. Good lord. It's just... Unbelievable. Just freaking unbelievable. Incredibly hot angle. Again, I really hope Kevin Owens is okay because that was that was a brutal beating. And now you have a WrestleMania season that can go literally anywhere right now. I was disappointed to some extent that the bloodline was not in the Royal Rumble, but after seeing how this played out, I mean my goodness, this is this is great. So you have a lot of ways you could go here. Elimination Chamber next month is in Montreal, or maybe in a couple months, I don't know exactly when. I think it's I'll take a look in a second, but I know it is the following pay-per-view, and that's going to be in Montreal. Of course, that is the home city. Oh, February 18th. Okay, my birthday weekend. I love that. So it's going to be in the home city of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and you've got a lot of options here. You could do Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. You could do Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, although Kevin Owens lost pretty decisively. You could do Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens versus Roman, Solo, and Jimmy. Although, what happens with the tag titles, I don't know. Like, they're the longest reigning tag team champions. Does, like, a new reign completely start with Jimmy picking Solo as his partner? I feel like that would kind of be a flat ending to, like, you know, the, the greatest tag team title reign we've ever seen, right? Or you could do... Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Because keep in mind, while Jay couldn't bring himself to beat down Sami, which is just a brilliant turn of events given that he hated Sami for a while, he did he did find it in his cold, dark heart to beat up Kevin Owens multiple times. So he's not totally innocent here. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that. And even though it's not WrestleMania, I mean, a pay-per-view in Montreal, this might be. I think this is like the first Montreal pay-per-view since like No Way Out 2003. It's crazy. So... This would be like a WrestleMania moment for them for them to win. And then you could top it off with Cody Rhodes, insurmountable odds against Roman Reigns in the bloodline. But Sami Zayn helps him win. Well, actually, no, what you could do, and I hate overbooked finishes, but for this, this would actually work. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. They have an epic match. 
Roman Reigns kicks out of everything and, and thwarts everything because he has the bloodline and Paul Heyman there. Until Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn fight them off. And then finally, the to, to bring this full circle, going back to, I think it was Clash of Champions 2020, and then later Hell in a Cell 2020. Jey Uso turns on Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes hits the crossroads, pins Roman Reigns, and then at WrestleMania Backlash or SummerSlam or whenever Roman's back, you can do Jey Uso versus Roman, which is yet another freaking money match, spawning off of this amazing, stable, storyline, everything. So, what can I say? What can I say? It's no secret that almost anything Paul Heyman has had his hands on when it comes to Brock Lesnar and CM Punk has been phenomenal. So I'm not going to give Triple H and Vince McMahon credit for this. I'm going to give Paul Heyman credit. I'm going to give the Bloodline credit. I'm going to give Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens credit and tell them, well, freaking done. Thumbs up. Your boss and his enabler minions could all burn in hell. But y'all are amazing, and this isn't about them. This is about y'all. And you, as the performers who are literally the ones carrying this company, have done a phenomenal job. A phenomenal job. And in a perfect world, y'all would be getting paid double or triple what you're making right now. Because that's how much you're worth to this damn company. And to this wrestling industry. Unbelievable. Thumbs freaking up ending. Good lord. Good freaking lord. Let's get to some of the comments here before we get to the rest of the, the show. Telvin Kipapa, all those guys in the bloodline deserve Oscar nominations for those performances. Deadass, dude. Or Emmys, you know, Golden Globes. Seriously. Seriously. All these guys. Oh, okay. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. My film, film TV career takes off. If I'm ever in a position to get Roman Reigns and any of the bloodline cast in anything, I will do it. 100%. Or if I'm ever f- close friends with the casting director, I will absolutely be like, yo, you, you have to book this guy. Main event, Jay, you have to put him in, the, in this drama. He's amazing. Oh, God. Amazing. Amazing. <sighs> what else can I say? Mr. Loki said the match sucked, but the ending was amazing. I don't think the match sucked. I think it was just freaking 1130 Eastern Standard Time and everybody was tired. Uh, but I still think the near falls are really good. Uh, okay, Telvin says the right people won the Royal Rumble, but don't know how Cody is going to fit into the Bloodline storyline. And in theory, Sami Zayn doesn't need to win the title. I think I think he should. In a perfect world where, you know, Deadly wasn't so obsessed with who the face of the company is and assuming that, you know, this guy who looks like this, you know, should be the face of the company. Like, yeah, I would have I would have strapped the rocket to Sami Zayn. But let's keep it real for anybody that's been watching NXT for a long time. I mean, you know Sami Zayn's had that main event potential from day one. And even I was surprised when he first got in there because El Generico was always great, but he was behind a mask. So when he unmasked and became Sami Zayn, he was he was the Daniel Bryan of NXT. He was that good. Not just in the ring. He's always been that great in the ring. But I mean, on the mic, his connection with the crowd, he's always been that good. And, you know, of course, he got slotted into a comedy slot because he doesn't have the best body. Even though he is a great athlete, just because you don't look like you're Roman Reigns doesn't mean you're not a great athlete. Everybody's genetics are different, you know. And and yeah, I mean he really he really made the most out of everything that that he was given. 
And and for him at this stage of his career, you know, being a de- with WWE for over a decade now, it's just, I mean, honestly, it's a testament to all these guys, but really, I mean, Sami Zayn is just so damn talented and so awesome. And yeah, and you know what? Kudos to Daniel Bryan too, Bryan Danielson. I think it's overlooked that in 2020, and, and even AJ Styles, I'd say AJ Styles and Bryan Danielson really put over Sami Zayn strong, if you remember, during that whole Intercontinental Championship title picture. You know what I mean? And they really kind of kept him relevant and everything. So, yeah, uh, it's it's un- it's unbelievable. And, yeah, I, I, there's a part of me that wishes, like, it would have been Sami Zayn and Roman. Now, you could maybe do night one, Cody versus Roman, and night two, Roman versus Sami. I don't personally see that happening. You could do that. Uh, but I, I, also, I also don't think there's going to be a lot of resentment for Cody winning you know, I, I think I think people got to realize too. Yes, the crowds can still hijack the show and this and that or whatever else. But you know, there's AEW now, and listen, whether I like or dislike some things AEW does, more often than not, for that hardcore audience, maybe they, they do it a little too much for that hardcore audience. But they really do give the hardcore audience what they want more often than not. Whether it's good comedy, bad comedy, whether it's the incredible Jay Briscoe tribute they did, much respect to Tony Khan for that. Shout out to him. Whether it's Orange Cassidy, whether it's you know CM Punk before all the all the chaos happened, and, you know bringing in you know obscure guys from TNA and everything else. I mean, I got a kick out of Jeff Jarrett, you know, but like Tony Khan, more often than not, you know, does service to hardcore fans. You can make the argument he does that a little too much, but he does. So a lot of those hardcore fans have AEW. I mean, even me, like I don't watch wrestling as much. I mean, I I watch I still watch WWE and, and AEW regularly. But I don't. I rarely watch a WWE live, other than some like bloodline segments, any matches I like. Usually, I tune in for Bianca Belair and you know Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and people like that. Uh, but you know, the only like show I consistently watch live is AEW Dynamite, and I, and I think that show does a good job of catering to that base that was behind the Yes Movement, right? So you know, so it's, it's a little bit different. People forget. Same thing with Kofi Mania. That was before AEW, you know, really existed. So. Or, you know, at least started running shows, I think. 2019, yeah. So before they started running shows. So, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. I don't think they'll hijack the show or anything. And, and look, Sami Zayn's getting a great push. And if he gets a, a beautiful moment with uh, Kevin Owens to win the tag team titles, that'd be great. I would personally do that at WrestleMania. That's what I would actually do. And if you... Re- this is a tough one for me because... I do think uh, if they do Bianca versus Rhea, I do think that deserves the main event one of the nights. But and and normally I would always I would like to have at least the women main event one of the nights. But I think this is the one year, depending on what they do in Montreal with the Elimination Chamber, where you could actually get away with doing a tag team match as the main event. Like I think for night one, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos, like that would. That would completely elevate the tag team titles. Not that they haven't already been elevated with the Usos holding them for almost two years. Or maybe maybe it is two years now at this point. I don't know. Is it? And I think it's a little over. I think it's almost two years. Like you could like that to me would be a great WrestleMania night one main event. And then night two could be Cody versus Roman. But yeah, I mean, look, man, they're they're hot right now. And and the nice thing is that Rock and Austin at this point are nice to haves. They're not nece- necessities, which is, which is great. Although, I, I will say this. There is a little too much corporate synergy. I get it. I work in advertising. But how much money do you really need? The Mountain Dew thing was whatever. 
But having Kid Rock's bastard son, Hardy, who's not even, not even related to Hardy's perform at like 11 o'clock. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this ain't saliva. This ain't Limp Biscuit. Okay, I was at a WrestleMania and saw Diddy perform once. I saw Diddy perform. I saw, I saw Living Color perform live at a WWE show. Flow Rider. My man Flow Rider performed at a WWE show. I actually saw him in Beirut once. That was awesome. Like, come on. And, and, and you, know, you know, Bad Bunny performed a few years ago. He's a main Bad Bunny. We go from Bad Bunny to Hardy to Hillbilly Hardy to Rat Hardy, whatever his name is. Jesus Christmas. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe he's a nice guy, but, he, you know, he's talking about, I'm a redneck. And he's like, stop it. Stop it, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too, too much redneck representation between him and Lacey Evans. I'll just leave it at that. Anyway. Other than that, whew, more comment, more comments here. The Rock doing his thing in Hollywood where he belongs. Yeah, you know, I actually there was a part of me that wished he didn't come back because last time he wrestled, which I was there live for, he tore like every muscle in his upper body, and he delayed the filming of Hercules by a month, and I think it cost the, the production like millions of dollars. So I don't blame him for that. Now, granted, he's more in the driver's seat now than he was back then. But even now, it's like, what does he have to prove? Look, look, Roman versus Rock doesn't need a title. It doesn't need a title. And honestly, I got tired of WWE leaning on part-time stars as a crutch. I'm fine with them using them, but it's like, it's too much, it's too much of a crutch. I'm so glad that they're actually elevating Sammy and Kevin and Cody. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll shock us and Roman beats Cody. And then what? Right? We'll see. We'll see. How the... Is the main event going to be good or bad? Franz Franca asks, are you talking about WrestleMania? I think it's going to be a great match. I think Cody versus, versus, versus Roman's going to be a great match, but it's absolutely insane. I mean, even, look, Cody made himself a bigger star when he left WWE. Or got, but, but think about this. Even if you asked me, like, December, was it 2021? Yeah, December 2021. It might have been December 2021, or maybe it was, like, early January 2021. When Cody cut that final promo on, on AEW Dynamite. And he's like, so what do you guys want to talk about? Like, if you asked me, would Cody Rhodes be in the position he's in now back then? I would say, mm, probably not. Probably not. I would have thought, okay, maybe he'd get a title shot at a B pay-per-view, be United States champion, whatever. Uh, but his presentation has been has been great. Which proves that, you know, a broken clock can be right twice a day. When it comes to Vince McMahon. I mean, it's the same thing with Bianca Belair. Like, I don't think Vince McMahon was some visionary with Bianca Belair. And Triple H certainly wasn't because he never put her over in NXT in championship situations. But sometimes there's just a stack of money. And I'm not saying Cody's more money than Bianca. I think Bianca's like more money than maybe everybody on the roster other than maybe Roman. Uh, as far as like long-term stars. But like sometimes like just like a stack of money hits you in the face. You just can't ignore it. So I kind of feel that way with Cody. Like, he's not as money, I think, as as Roman and Bianca and Sasha, who they did let go, like idiots. But he is a top guy, and he is somebody who should be elevated. And he is somebody with a lot of appeal who's proven himself. I mean, how he helped create AEW. Like, what, what more do you need? So, I think they'll have a great match. I think they'll have a really good run. I would actually really like to see him at some point have a, a heel run. He was a really good heel in Ring of Honor and especially New Japan Pro Wrestling. For anybody that watched him, his feud with Kenny Omega was great. And honestly, it's a damn shame that egos and 
politics and BS and AEW prevented us from getting a proper elite storyline. Because, yeah, the Hangman stuff is cool, but the real peak with the Bullet Club stuff to me was with Cody and Kenny and Kota Ibushi and all those guys in 2018. That was awesome. But anyway, I'm getting too deep into that. So, let's see. Total shock at the end, but definitely we'll go down to history. But give Kill credit. He fought back and never gave up. I agree. I agree. All right. Let's go to um, some of the results here real quick. I say real quick as I've been on for like 20 minutes, but hey, I don't think y'all mind. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it is 110 Eastern Standard Time here. By the way, if there's any notes on the Royal Rumble press conference afterwards, I will I will take a look real quick before we hop off. But let's see. Okay. So Cody Rhodes um, won the Men's Royal Rumble, last eliminating Gunther, who lasted one hour and 11 minutes. This guy set a record. He broke the record. They made sure to say in a standard Royal Rumble match, because I think Daniel Bryan broke the record in the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia a few years ago. Remember that? This was a great Rumble. Started off a little... yeah. Actually, no, it started off really good. Middle was a little eh, and then it got better. So here's the order. We had Gunther and Sheamus start, then The Miz, and then Kofi Kingston, uh, followed by Johnny Gargano, Xavier Woods, Karrion Cross, Chad Gable, Drew McIntyre, Santos Escobar, Angelo Dawkins, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar did really well. He well, he was only there for a few minutes, but he eliminated three guys. Uh, he eliminated Angelo Dawkins and uh, Chad Gable. And uh, he was he was running wild. This dude was running wild uh, until Bobby Lashley came in at thirteen and eliminated him. So that was epic. Um, I was kind of pissed off though because later in the match, Seth Rollins eliminated Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley should have lasted longer, to be honest. I think he should have been in the finals, but whatever. Some minor nitpicking there. As far as some other eliminations, I don't have the all the orders, but here's the deal. So Gunther, as I mentioned, was last eliminated by Cody Rhodes. Sheamus was eliminated by Gunther. Uh, Miz was eliminated by Sheamus. Gunther eliminated a bunch of dudes. He eliminated all of the New Day. Um, Johnny Gargano lasted a while. He was eliminated by Dominic and Finn Balor. I love that. I think it was like number eight. No, number 17 was supposed to be Rey Mysterio. They played his entrance. Nowhere to be found. And then at number 18, Dominic entered with Rey's mask. I was like, that's that's brilliant. Um, some other entrants I may not have mentioned. So after last year at 13, it was Corbin. Rollins, Otis, Ray, who didn't appear, Dominic with the mask. Dominic was hilarious here. Elias, who got destroyed and eliminated by Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Finn Bauer, Booker T, who hit a spinneroony and then was eliminated by Gunther. Damian Priest, Montez Ford. Okay, I have very few complaints about this men's rumble. The one complaint I will have is that Montez Ford only lasted like, I think, 47 seconds. Well, it was what Wikipedia says here. 47 seconds. Now, granted, Damian Priest tossed him out and he landed on his feet and, and Montez was just like, okay, whatever. But, like, I'm going to assume that they are eventually going to push Montez. And I really like Angelo Dawkins. I don't want to see anything bad happen in booking-wise. I think he should also be elevated. And I don't even think this, they should necessarily break up the Street Profits either. They should keep them together like the New Day and still elevate them. But if within a year from now, Montez Ford is not the Royal Rumble winner or in a position to challenge for a world title, it is an abject failure by Triple H or whoever in the blue hell is in charge of creative by then. All right? Let me let me just say that. 
Let me just say that right there. Um, the other, uh, well, I'll get to the other criticism with the women in, in a second, but that was like the one glaring thing. It's like you really couldn't give Montez a little more shine here. Like that, that to me was inexcusable. I know it was a great rumble. I know he'll be fine and nobody's going to remember it tomorrow, but Montez is a guy that needs to be elevated without a doubt. <sighs> anyway. We had Edge return and eliminate Finn Bauer and, and and or no, actually he was eliminated by Finn Bauer and no no, okay, sorry. He eliminated Finn Bauer and Damian Priest, and then Finn Bauer and Damian Priest distracted him and helped dominate eliminate Edge. There you go. Austin Theory entered after that. He was eventually eliminated by Cody Rhodes. Omas entered, and he was uh, eventually eliminated by Braun Strowman, who entered afterwards. Braun Strowman was eliminated. Uh, by Cody Rhodes and Ricochet. Ricochet was limited by Austin Theory. I gotta say this. Ricochet looked great. He had a great spot where him and number 29, Logan Paul, both springboarded and just clashed. Just splashed into each other right with a dual crossbody. That was insane. And, and Logan Paul was limited by Cody Rhodes. And of course, Gunther... And by the way, Gunther and Cody Rhodes had like... I don't even know. It felt like at least like a 10, 15 minute match. This was, for anybody ever watched the 2007 Royal Rumble with Shawn Michaels and, and, and Undertaker, who literally had like a WrestleMania caliber match a- after being in the Royal Rumble forever. Unbelievable. This was the best final two since then in 16 years. Amazing. Incredible. Also, I recall ordering that pay-per-view and hanging out with my friends. That was a good time. Ro- Royal Rumble was also the first pay-per-view I ever sort of ordered with big boy money. So... It has a very special place in my cold, dark heart. But great final exchange. Uh, but another observation, similar to Montez Ford. Ricochet, while he did last a decent amount of time. Man, look, I'm, I know he's not great on the mic. I know he's a little weird on Twitter. It has made some weird tweets, you know, that they get they got him cooked, as the kids say. But I look at Austin Theory, and I'm not saying this guy's not talented. And look, if you don't want to believe certain allegations about Snapchat, and you could Google it, I'm not going to get into it. I have other videos that I got into that. Fine. Fine. But taking all that the, that stuff away from speaking out, like this, Austin Theory is a perfectly fine a, and proficient wrestler. But he is not, like, at the level of a lot of these guys here. Like, if I'm looking at, like, I'm sorry, like, these, he's not better in Ricochet. And I can't, I couldn't help but think like, man, if if Deadbeat's brass wasn't so like low key racist, like Mustafa Ali would be such a freaking great guy to have on here and, and elevate. But you know they've buried him beneath the face of the earth multiple times over. So I I don't even want to beat that drum. But like Ricochet, I mean I look at Ricochet, I look at Montez Ford, like those are the guys to me. You should be Angelo Dawkins, like those those are the guys to me that have shown like significant improvement, who are still young. Who who have chari- real charisma? I think, you know, to to get okay. Ricochet, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag, but he has great in ring charisma. I think. So I don't know. That's my soapbox. I, I'm not I'm not a Austin Theory guy. I don't really care for him. I think he's fine. He's perfectly fine. But for people saying he's the next John Cena, like they, I'm sorry. He, I'm sorry. He's like he's like a decent Mark Jindrak. Anyway, great Royal Rumble overall. Other, other than than those observations, and and Gunther did a hell of a job, unbelievable, and I cannot wait to see him against Brock Lesnar. He had a brief confrontation with Lesnar, by the way, 
before it was interrupted by Lashley. I cannot wait to see him against Lesnar. He be- he better beat Lesnar, by the way. Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, well, actually, let's get to the, the ma- proper match order. Bianca beat Alexa Bliss. A raw match. Bianca did her best. I'm sorry. Alexa Bliss. Something was missing here. Maybe it's just the fact that these women have wrestled before and they've had better matches. I don't know. And But, yeah, it was okay. It was, it was okay. And then afterwards, they did a spooky Uncle Howdy video package. But how could I forget? Before this match, it was the Mountain Dew-sponsored Pitch Black match. Bray Wyatt's entrance was longer than the actual match. And essentially, it was black, but LA Knight wore glow-in-the-dark tights. Bray Wyatt had glow-in-the-dark face paint. The looks were cool. Bray Wyatt had these crazy contacts. They had a bunch of green stuff, like just green whatever. I kind of felt bad for Naomi because I'm like, man, this would have been like a great like setting for like a Field of Glow match. And, and I really do miss Naomi. And I hope I genuinely hope she's she's happy and doing well and still making money well good money. I mean look, she's she's married to one of the Usos, so obviously they're all they're all getting money, but you know. I hope she's happy. She deserves to be happy. Shame on Diddy B for not bringing her back. Or not monetizing her enough to bring her back. So yeah, they had a match Bray won. I was kind of hoping LA Knight pulled the upset and then they do a thing where Bray, like, you know, goes all freaky. But no, my boy LA Knight lost. And then afterwards, he got put in the mandible claw, thrown off the stage, and then, or I think maybe leaned more on the stage. Like, he just mandible clawed him. And then Uncle Howdy, who's apparently Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt's real-life brother, Bo Dallas, uh, Bo Rotunda, appeared at the top <laughs> and this uncle howdy mask and all that stuff keep in mind it's still dark and he jumps off like the top of this whatever stage thingy <laughs> misses la night and then fire and pyro explodes okay that was wacky and then like the life-size funhouse puppets are in the top just looking around like all right Look, I look. I, I have. Sl- I'm not gonna say I've come around on Bray Wyatt. Always this gimmick. Him as a person, I got nothing against. But this gimmick, I've not come around on this. If if there is one concession I will make to all you folks who really like this stuff, it's this. This is perfectly fine. If this was not in the context of a wrestling show, if he was given like a show on Peacock. If they had like an American horror story spinoff with Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss called American Howdy Story, I'd be I'd be down to watch this. If this was like a WWE film, like all right, Netflix special, but like in the context of a wrestling show, it's just like, yeah, I I did not like this. Um, but the, that dive was kind of funny, so that made me laugh. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble, last eliminating Liv Morgan. This was not a great Royal Rumble. And what can I say? First of all, this has nothing to do with um, gender because I've enjoyed the other Women's Royal Rumbles. I, uh, this is actually, this does have to do with gender, but you know what it has to do with? This has to do with the women's division and how Vince McMahon and more recently Triple H have booked it to the ground. Because outside of Rhea Ripley in Judgment Day, who's shined more with the men than she has with the women, outside of Bianca Belair, 
aside of maybe, you know, Becky Lynch and Bailey doing their damn best when given crap to work with, this, these last 12 months have been like a complete waste for the women. Like the Bianca-Becky feud was great. That was great. But what the hell has gone on since then? They let Sasha and Naomi walk. Shame on them for, for telling Sasha Banks that the, or, or intimate, insinuating that Sasha Banks is not as money as, as, as Becky and Charlotte. A little racist much? Probably. And what's, what's happened? You know, it's like the same old, same old. Damage Control had an opportunity to be really good. And, and really awesome. And yeah, I'm happy that the, you know, EO Sky and Dakota Kai have tag titles and all that stuff. But they've been booked pretty damn badly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've been booked pretty damn badly. And they didn't really do a good job, I think, of introducing Dakota and EO, you know, overall to the main roster audience. They're, they're, they're awesome. I'm a fan of them. But yeah, it's just been the same old, same old. Then Bianca, and then Bianca's been stuck in this awful feud with Alexa it involves, you know, Lilith and or whatever, the, the, the Uncle Howdy. It, and then don't even get me started on SmackDown with Ronda Rousey. I mean, first of all, shame on her. She's been, she's been completely phoning it in. She's had a couple good matches here and there, you know, when she's not making questionable tweets or bringing in, you know, anti-Semitic freaking douchebag conspiracy theorists like Brian Kendrick to produce her matches that end up being horrible. Uh, but, but my God, like it's just the women's division on SmackDown was an embarrassment this whole year in terms of the booking well, this past year has been an absolute embarrassment. And this women's Royal Rumble, great ending. Everybody worked hard, but this was absolutely an indictment on Triple H. And, and a big reason why I think too, is because they leaned uh, also a lot on, on NXT stars, on stars that haven't been used in a while on people that, that, that just showed up again and like it's cool to have some surprises here and there but to me this showed a couple things one the outside of title programs and even that's questionable triple h and vince mcmahon have been horrific at, at booking the women the last 12 months i know he was great in nxt he was in his bag in nxt in 2015 but it's not 2015 anymore you know Shawn michaels on the other hand i think has done a phenomenal job in nxt so i want to give props to him shocker the, the much better wrestler of the two is a better booker. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Triple H had some great matches too. Triple H was great in his own way, but Shawn Michaels is like one of the goats. Anyway, but I'm just saying, I'm very passionate about this. But man, like all I could think when watching this is like, there are definitely a number of women you could have called up to the main roster much sooner who are still in NXT. And you could have definitely done a better job of building like a women's mid card. Yes, AEW has some flaws with their women's division here and there. You know, for sure. But they've done a really, really good job of building the women outside of just title programs the last few months. And, yeah, I don't know. I can't say the same here. So, anyway, Rhea Ripley entered number one, lasted the whole time, and won. Great finish. Finish came when Asuka, who has this amazing new face paint. She looks like when she played Kana in Japan. She misted Liv Morgan. The final three were Liv Morgan, uh, Asuka, and Rhea. All were on the apron. She misted Liv. Rhea, I think, used the head scissors to launch Asuka outside. And then Liv almost eliminates Rhea while being misted. And it was just, like, so well done. You have to go back. If, you're, if you want to watch this match, go back and watch the last five minutes. It was so well done. But it was Rhea who ended up getting the win. 
So and actually, Liv Morgan was number two. So it was Rhea Ripley who had seven eliminations total. Um, by the way, for the men, the most eliminations came from Gunther who had five. So then we had Dana Brooke. She was eliminated by bail, by Damage Control. Emma was out number four. She was eliminated by Dakota Kai. Shayna was out. She was eliminated by Damage Control. Bailey was eventually eliminated by Liv Morgan. B-Fab lasted for 36 seconds, eliminated by Rhea Ripley. Roxanne Perez, NXT champion, a local from the San Antonio area. She was eliminated by damage control. I thought she should have lasted way longer. She is a prodigy. You know, I know people said that about Paige back in the day and some, some other people. Roxanne is a prodigy. She, the girl's in her, what, her early 20s and just unbelievable. Uh, Dakota Kai and EO Sky were eliminated by Becky Lynch. Natalia entered and she was eventually eliminated by damage control. Candice LeRae entered and she was eliminated by EO Sky. Also, I noticed something too. A lot of the NXT talent, even the people that have been called up for a while, like Johnny Gargano, did not get big reactions at all. And it was very jarring. Now, granted, they also changed Johnny Gargano's theme for whatever stupid reason, because they're probably too cheap to pay for licensing, even though they got billions of dollars. But man, that was like, that was something I really noticed. Roxanne got a little bit of a pop, but the other women, not so much. It was kind of sad to see. I mean, Candace didn't either. It's crazy. I mean, maybe not so crazy because they haven't been used well or properly introduced, which, again, is an indictment on Triple H. So then um, Zoe Stark came in. She was eventually eliminated by Sonia Deville. Xia Lee entered, still in the weird, you know, Mortal Kombat gimmick. I don't know. I don't know how, how to feel about that. She was eliminated by Zelina Vega, who was in Street Fighter cosplay, and, and apparently she's going to be a Street Fighter Six commentator. Good for her. That's huge. That's major. Uh, Becky Lynch came in at 15. She eliminated Bailey. Or actually, no, she was eliminated by Bailey. Excuse me. But they kept uh, brawling on the outside. Tegan Knox entered. She was eventually eliminated by Asuka. Asuka entered, and uh, she was eventually eliminated by Rhea Ripley. Um, Piper Niven came in. So that was a cool surprise. No longer Dewdrop, Piper Niven. I love that. Eventually eliminated by Raquel Rodriguez, but she had a good showing. Tamina entered, and she was eventually eliminated by Michelle McCool, who entered at 25. Out of the crowd, too. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Chelsea Green entered, and rumor has it she's going to be doing some type of Karen gimmick. I believe Fightful reported that. And she was eliminated in four seconds by Rhea Ripley. Thanks for coming. Zelina Vega entered. She was eliminated by ableist uh, Lacey Evans. What to say about Lacey Evans? Look, forget the heart, the super Republican gimmick that she has. If we're just talking real life, people are going crazy about the her not high-fiving a uh, kid with Down syndrome or pretending to high-five him and, and pull away on Friday night. And that's a bad look. And I've seen some people say, oh, well, she's a heel. Who cares? She's a heel. Who cares? She posted conspiracy theories about autism like weeks ago and wasn't reprimanded whatsoever. So you post conspiracy theories about autism that people, especially people with, you know, disabled people in their family, people with autism, whatever, would find extremely offensive. And she was called out on it and doubled down on it. So you do that. And then you do that with, you know, the kid. Now, granted, maybe he was a, a plant Right, as they say, like somebody who was put in there and they said, Hey, we're gonna make you part of the show because I think Kevin Owens gave him his shirt like later. 
in the show. So if that's the case, okay. But still, either way, a terrible look. And and, by, and from my vantage point, she seems like a terrible person anyway. So she could kiss my ass. Anyway, she eliminated Zelina Vega. And you know, I'm really tired of her repackaging. Because again, those resources could be going towards, I don't know, somebody else. You know, Piper Niven, who's awesome. Or, you know what? Actually, this is my other complaint with this whole women's Royal Rumble. And I realize that they have a lot of black women in NXT. And that is great. But what an indictment on WWE that you have a 30-person Royal Rumble where you had to get a bunch of different people from out of nowhere. And in this 30-person Royal Rumble, there are no black women. I don't think they even have any black women on the main roster other than Bianca Belair. Yeah, they're doing well in NXT. They're recruiting. That's great. But again, another, like another indictment. Like I'm not saying like, like I don't know, I don't know. It's like the you know people talk about the Oscars and yeah, justifiably so that it's crazy that only you know one black woman's won an Oscar for best actress in the 90 plus year history. But and this isn't as crazy, but it's still like it just makes you think like okay, like maybe they're really not trying hard enough. And by they, I mean Triple H and. Bruce Pritchard and all those guys, but I don't know. Just a very glaring observation on my part. Raquel Rodriguez entered after Zelina Vega. She was eventually eliminated by Rhea Ripley. Uh, Mia Yim entered. Mi Chin. And she was eliminated by Piper Niven. Lacey Evans was entered and she was eventually eliminated by Raquel. Michelle McCool entered at 25. She was eliminated by Rhea. Indy Hartwell appeared and she was eliminated by Sonia Deville. Uh, by the way, shout out to Indy Hartwell. Recently came out publicly. God bless her. Wish her the very best. She was like, seems like a very wonderful person. Uh, Sonya Deville at 27. She was limited by Asuka. Shotzi Blackheart. She was limited by Mia Yim. Nikki Cross, who sprinted to the ring. This ramp was comically long. It was like long, and then there was like a curve. It was ridiculous. She was limited by Liv Morgan. And then Nia Jax, of all people, entered. Nia Anti-Vax Jax, who... Hopefully got the, the vaccine, but I, I doubt it, given her tweets. And this was like, this just summed up to me Nia Jax, right? So the, this person who hasn't wrestled in like a year got worse progressively throughout her career, hurt a bunch of opponents, seemingly unapologetically, anti-vax, comes out, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, is this like a run-in? And it turns out somebody screwed up in the back and they screwed up the number 30 entrant. So they didn't even have the 10, 9, 8, 7, whatever. And she came out and then they showed the graphic for the clock as she was coming out. Total botch. She hit a couple sloppy moves and that was eliminated by pretty much everybody left in the match. And yeah, I really hope she's not back because um, she's not good. You know, I was a supporter of her back in the day. You know, I like I like you know wrestlers who can be attractions and you know different types of gimmicks and you know, don't you know the strong man or strong woman like that's cool. But unfortunately, the reality is she never improved. She never seemed apologetic about hurting people. She flaunted her the fact that she's you know the rock's cousin and it's cool to be the rock's cousin but when you're hurting your opponents when you're a liability in the ring 
when you're getting when you're not getting any better and you're a selfish prick who won't even get a vaccine i mean what do you want me to say anyway so yeah that was uh that match and yeah i don't know it was the great finish as i said fantastic finish but just an indictment on the overall booking of the women over the last year it really is it really is is crazy and you know, to me also speaks volumes to, you know, the impact that you know, Sasha Banks and the very often underrated Naomi have. You know, people say, well, Naomi's not as good as the four horse women and this. And that. Okay. Whether you think she's as good as those women bell to bell or not, doesn't matter. She's a talented performer. She has crossover appeal. You know, she's an inspiration to a lot of people. Every time she, she enters the Royal Rumble or does something cool, she always goes viral on Twitter. Like, she's always going viral. She was the most likable, by far, cast member of Total Divas. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, unfortunately, given society's general bias to black women, and I think especially with WWE, um, she's never going to, I mean, not never, but at least, you know, anytime soon, she's not going to get the credit she really deserves. And it's a shame. Because, honestly, they should have brought her back, and she should have been number 30. And it could have done something fun with her. And... Yeah, but as I said earlier, I hope she's happy. I hope she's good. She seems healthy. She seems she seems to be doing well. And I wish her the very best because she seems like the type of person who really deserves the best. So there you go. So overall, I got to say, even with my complaints there, massive thumbs up show. Even with the hemorrhoids uh, that were the, the, the booking of the Women's Rumble for halfway through and the god-awful Bray Wyatt match and the so-so Alexa Bliss match and the wacky video package, like, when you have a strong beginning and a strong ending like that, like, I really got nothing bad to say. Like, it's it was great. So overall, thumbs up show, but a long-ass show. A very, very, very long-ass show. So if you haven't watched it yet, proceed with caution. It is a bit long. All right. And let's go to some of the comments here. And I know, I said I was going to go on this quickly, and I ended up talking for 15 minutes, but hey, I'm passionate. Okay, Telvin says McCool got the biggest pop in the Rumble. That's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. Wow, my dude Ajane texted me. I went to San. I'm in San Antonio now. Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, he he's saying he had a good time. Let's go to some of the other comments uh, here. Uh, what do you think about Rhea Ripley's uh, chances against Bianca Belair? I mean, I think Rhea Ripley. Look. I almost never want to see Bianca lose because I'm such a fan. But if she's going to lose to somebody, I mean, Rhea Ripley, I think we're the right, right person. Okay. I'm texting him to see if he wants to call in because, yeah, I had no idea he was in San Antonio. That's cool. Shout out to my dude, uh, Ajane from the Bronx. All right. Please, Rock, come back. He's, I guess he's not. It, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Gunther versus Rhodes gave me Royal Rumble 2004 vibes. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Oh, Big Show and, yeah, who you must not be named. Yeah, to an extent, but I don't think anybody ever actually believed Big Show was going to win. And while I think most people thought that Cody might, would win, you know, Gunther's still new enough and been booked dominant enough where, you know, you, you could have maybe seen it in the back of your mind. All right. Uh, let's see. Some people are saying Austin Creed was meh. Oh, oh the... Oh, Austin Theory. Okay, you're thinking of Austin Theory. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not really... Uh, yeah, I'm just not feeling Austin Theory. I'm not saying he's not talented and doesn't work hard. But it's like the standards, are. I feel like, are so low these days. And, like, I don't know. There are so many talented guys in DDB right now. Like, he just, to me, doesn't stand out. And if people want to say, oh, well, he's, like, he's more of a traditional pro wrestler and this. Like, no. No. You want to see somebody that's more of a traditional, quote, unquote, DDB style who could connect with crowds? There's a guy in AEW named Ricky Starks. If you're not familiar with him, look him up. The guy is fantastic. There's a guy named Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. Okay, like he's, I'm I'm sorry. Theory's Theory's not as good as, as those guys who are in that age range. And again, on the main on the main roster right now, like Ricochet, like if you gave Ricochet a chance and did some vignettes on him, and gave him a real story, like that guy could that guy could be a star. He was on the verge of being a star. And again, I know he's corny in real life with some of his weird. I know some some wrestling Twitter people get on him and whatever else, and you know he's a little silly sometimes. But the guy. Is, he remi- he's reminded us lately he's a phenomenal pro wrestler. You know, I know he got some flack for, you know, being endorsed by Dave Meltzer, and sometimes that could be a, a gift and a curse. But he really, like, before Osprey, before Omega, like, the guy that, that Dave Meltzer, justifiably so, was banging the drum for was Ricochet. And, you know, I would love to see Ricochet do some great things, but then again, I'd love to see Mustafa Ali do some great things. I mean, I mean Ali, you know, good look, great guy outside of the ring. You know, raises a lot of money and awareness for social justice causes. Like, phenomenal athlete. Maybe chirping on Twitter a little too much lately, but then again, if I was trying to get fired, I'd be chirping too. Especially when I'm illegally classified as an independent contractor. So, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like those recent... I mean, Chad Gable. Can we talk about Chad Gable real quick? That guy was a freaking Olympian. In another lifetime, in another multiverse, Chad Gable has Kurt Angle's career. He is that good. And if you don't believe me, then I don't know what to tell you. He is that good. Chad Gable should have been... And, you know, look, 40 is the new 30 in wrestling, so you never know. But Chad Gable, to me, is so criminally underrated. I know people talk about Cesaro, and Cesaro for years, you know, Antonio Cesaro or um, you know, Claudio Castagnoli, was underrated for years. But at least Claudio, more often than not, had a great run with the bar great tag team wrestler, had a United States title reign. You know what I mean? He had some great main event matches with like John Cena and Daniel Bryan. But Chad Gable to me takes the cake for like most underrated male. I mean, Ali too. But even Ali for a cup of coffee was involved in a title picture when when, when Daniel Bryan was champion. Low bar, very low bar, but still. But Chad Gable to me, man, they've just scratched the surface on what this guy could do as a singles wrestler. And it's it's a shame. The shush is cool. It's cool. He's on TV every week. He's getting a paycheck. But man, like that guy, you, Chad Gable or Austin Theory, like give me Chad Gable any day. If they ever decide to turn turn Chad Gable face and actually let, the, as the kids say, let this guy cook, forget about it. That's all I got to say. It's a great Tony Soprano would say, forget about it. Like he would be, he'd be a massive star. But that's not happening. And wrestling like uh, Hollywood and like a lot of these other entertainment outlets, you know, it's not it's not a meritocracy. It's politics and all this other stuff. And again, Austin Theory's talented, but is he talented enough where I would have him beat John Cena and beat Bobby Lashley and beat Seth Rollins? I mean, look, Seth, uh, Seth Rollins, his gimmick's stupid, 
I, I think that Seth Rollins has always missed the mark when it comes to being a heel because he's such a great wrestler and he's so good at just being Colby Lopez that he doesn't need to be anything else, right? But like you talk about resources, like Seth Rollins was probably the in-ring MVP of WWE last year. And yeah, he had a good showing. And yeah, he gets a nice entrance and he's always featured on TV. But you want to talk about a guy that should probably be more protected and should have had, you know, should still be at the top. Like Seth Rollins. Like, what are we doing here? But, but you know, like 2018 Seth Rollins who beat Brock Lesnar or 2019, whatever year it was. Not not this Seth Rollins. This guy, he's great, but the gimmick's a little wacky. Anyway, that's that's my Austin Theory rant. I'll, I'll bury him another day. Uh, Ch- Chad Gable wasn't the same since American Alpha broke up. Yeah, I agree. It's a shame. Uh, let's see. The King- oh, the Kingston botched the spot. Oh, yeah. So I think last year there was a Kofi Kingston botch, and this year there was a botch too where I think he was supposed to have his feet land on the stairs, and that didn't happen. So that's unfortunate. Another guy, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Big E. Imagine if they... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> First of all, shout out to my, my dude's Public Enemies podcast. They did an interview with the former Deadly writer. I don't remember his name, but just look up on YouTube Public Enemies podcast. They're great. I love those guys. They did an interview with the Deadly writer, a former Deadly writer, who said that Kofi Kingston's uh, title reign uh, was just a big disappointment and it was unfortunate. And, and yeah, it was because they, had, they squashed him in six seconds. And I'm just thinking, like, man, you're investing all these resources in. Austin Theory, for years before they pretty much gave up on him, they invested all these resources in Baron Corbin. And you got and Ronda Rousey, Ugh. and you got Kofi Kingston right there. Like to me, Kofi Kingston should have stayed at least near the top for years for the rest of his career. He'll always be popular. He'll always be you know a likable guy. Fans will always cheer for him. But my good, like we even saw it with him when he wrestled Lashley last year. Or was it last year or the year? Maybe it was the year before. My years are blending together. Whenever it was when Lashley was champion. Like, that guy has a special connection with the crowd. Xavier Woods. My goodness, if they actually did right by Big E and gave Big E a credible title run and actually did something with him at, for WrestleMania as opposed to just a quick cash-in for ratings. Whatever. It is, it is what it is. What can I say? What can I say? Uh, where, what, how do you see the rest of the WrestleMania card shaping up? Well, before I go, Rhea and Bianca, Roman and Cody. I'm going to say Sammy and KO against the Usos at, at WrestleMania. At least night one. Charlotte. You know, you could do Charlotte and Becky again. Bailey, I don't know. I think they've really misused. They've really misused Bailey. Maybe a triple threat: Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte. Although it'll be pretty sad not to have Sasha there to do like a four horsewomen, you know, four way. And I know they're different brands, but still, who cares? It's WrestleMania. Edge and Balor, uh, Dominic and Ray, which will be fun. And yeah, I guess they'll do. I don't want to see it. But they're probably going to do Austin Theory against John Cena. Uh, Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, Logan Paul. I forgot. Logan Paul eliminated Seth Rollins. So I get Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, that's perfectly fine with me. Even though he's an NFT grifter who shouldn't be 
allowed to own animals like pigs who he abandons, allegedly. Uh, but hey, as a wrestler, he's really good. Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, that works for me. Um, what else? I'm sure some other Matt. Oh, Gunther and, and freaking Brock Lesnar. Although it sounds like they're going to... You know what? I would actually kind of... I don't like triple threat matches, but I will make an exception for Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar versus Gunther. I will make an exception for that. And if you want to throw in Braun Strowman just to make it an even four, you know, why not? You want to throw in Omos just for fun. Just all the big men. You want to throw in Otis. Who cares? If you want to make a big... Meaty men slapping meat match with all those guys, and maybe throw in Biggie if you can return. There you go. Just reinforce the ring. So, anyway, overall, what could I say? Hell of a show. Uh, yeah, TK, I miss Biggie too. Hope he's doing well. Anyway, what a show. What a time to be alive as a wrestling fan. It is crazy behind the scenes, it is crazy in front of the camera. Uh, Mr. Racer1029, oh my goodness, I gotta shout him out because he's been, not only has he been one of the day one uh, supporters, but he is also the biggest Randy Orton fan I know, and he asks me here, do you think Randy Orton is done forever or has a few matches left in him? I think right now it's kind of scary that we haven't heard an update, and like I heard his back wasn't doing that great, you know, a few months back, but he's been out a while. And he's got—he's a rich man with a billion-dollar company behind him with unlimited resources. So, I think he's gonna do what he can to get back in there. Um, I would like to think he'd be ready by WrestleMania. As far as like his future goes, I mean, it depends. Guy's got a beautiful wife and family. He's got money. His legacy's secured. Like, what does he—what does he really need to do at this point? You know what I mean? It would be great. It would have been great to, for him to have one more match with Roman before he got hurt which I think was the direction they were going to go. I mean, the only match that really makes sense with him is Riddle, and Riddle's kind of flamed out, literally and figuratively, you know, storyline-wise, and then with his drug alleged drug issues and, you know, completing rehab and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, but then again, Randy Orton's Randy Orton. There's always big matches for him. Like, he could be a guy that could elevate, like, again, Montez Ford or something like that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's done. I wouldn't say he's done. I mean, we've seen Soraya come back. We've seen Edge come back. We've seen Christian come back. Brian Danielson. I think Randy Orton will eventually come back. WrestleMania season? I don't know. It'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm sure he'd like that WrestleMania payoff. Um, but if he does need more time, it might make sense to keep him off until WrestleMania. Or WrestleMania Monday. And then have him feud with Cody. Cody needs a strong opponent after WrestleMania. Hey, Randy Orton, the guy who mentored him in WWE with Legacy. I think that sounds like a great main event, especially for SummerSlam. We shall see. We shall see. All right, well, I'm going to get on out of here, folks. If you enjoyed this recap, please like, share. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications for more updates like this. Whew, a lot going on. We'll be working on some interviews uh, throughout this WrestleMania season, but I appreciate y'all and yeah at the end of the day i just love talking wrestling and when wrestling's when wrestling sucks it really sucks but when wrestling is good it is damn good and it is fun to talk to y'all about it so until next time everybody as always enjoy the matches stay safe much love